When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Ah, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball, and you just stand back and throw us where you want to go. You know that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Hey, top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. We're happy to have you with us as we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, now being joined by Sam McEwen for our Monday therapeutic session. Um, I... Do we have to pay Sam at some point for all of our therapy that we go to? With yeah, him? I feel like I've been on the black couch quite a bit with old <laughs> Sam. I am. Sam, good morning. Good morning. I'm not sure what what, what bad things have been going on in Nebraska athletics. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, where where should? Gosh, I want to. Okay, where I got. I, I know. Where I got to I gotta space this out because you got rain. So let's start. With baseball. How's that for a shocker? Because Evan Bland had a great piece. I think the state wants to rally around Will Bolt. He used a couple of words that makes Nebraska football fans cringe with culture and chemistry. I think we can agree he didn't love coaching that team last year that massively underachieved. Are we okay this time around with Coach Bolt talking about all the C's of camaraderie, chemistry, and culture? You know, I think so, yeah. Um, you know, baseball can be a sport where individual achievement can be highlighted in a way where, um, and certainly this has happened in the analytics era, where you don't talk a lot about clubhouse chemistry, you don't talk a lot about whether guys get along, um, I think the pendulum swung too far in the direction of it's just all about numbers. Obviously, you have to have cohesion in the locker room, and you know people's emotions and their good feelings do matter in the way that you put together a team. And so, I think the things that Nebraska is talking about, and Evan's story is really good because it kind of gives you a sense of of what the what the uh, the friendliness among the players is like. I think that stuff matters. I think when you're on the road for four or five days, and which happens in college baseball, uh, well, you better get along to some degree because uh, you take a lot of crappy vibes to the park and it's probably not going to turn out very well. Um, it affects your decision-making, especially as a hitter, you know, all kinds of things. At the end of the story, there's an interesting little anecdote about how they've had to practice at Den Hartog, mm-hmm. uh, which is a high school field here in Lincoln. Yep. Uh, it's, it's connected to Lincoln East near Seacrest. And um, they've had to practice there instead of practicing at Haymarket. I think they're researching the field. 
And Bolt feels like that's been good for them because they haven't had as much, um, you know, amenities and they've had to kind of like, you know, change in their cars and kind of stuff like that. And he feels like it's been good for them because it's helped them bond. And I think it's notable that a difficult situ- situation where something is taken away makes makes a team closer. And I think that I think that's a, a statement that you could use for a lot of Nebraska athletic teams, to be honest with you. Um, I think a lot of the teams have it really good in terms of facilities and amenities and how they're treated as student athletes. And sometimes I think you can, you can, you can uh, fail to bond because everybody's just got it great. And I think Nebraska baseball might be better off having to be a little inconvenient for once uh, at the parks. And, and so I think that might actually benefit them uh, as they run up to the season. Sam, when you talk chemistry, you get, expectation but how about on the other side when you look at the unexpected maybe the surprise Uh, taking a look at Nebraska basketball a a big surprise would be the play of Sam Hoiberg and I know that Fred said it wasn't a surprise with how well that he's been playing right away but of course all dads are going to say that about their kid they're going to say like oh I I knew he had it in him from the start but uh, from the outside looking in how big of a surprise is it to see a walk-on's lack of hesitation and and just um, I guess confidence coming from somebody that wasn't highly touted um, in, in getting a scholarship coming out of high school yeah, I think the the willingness to to shoot is is commendable, and it's also a little bit surprising for a walk on. Um, I think that's an issue that Nebraska has in general. Like uh, one of the things you did appreciate about Jawan Gary is he didn't make a lot of shots, but he took them. <laughs> and sometimes you got to take shots. To oh, don't I know it? You know, <laughs> and you just have to. And so, like. You know, Sam Hoiberg, I think, has taken more shots in the last two games than Sam Griesel. And that's not a ratio that you want. And it shouldn't be that way. Um, but but Hoiberg's making them. So he's scored 21 points uh, in the last two games. He's been really efficient doing so. It's obviously not going to last. He's going to have a game where he goes 0 for 3 and he doesn't score. And, and you know, things kind of come down to earth. But... You know, he has established himself as a minor, you know, scoring threat. And and in establishing himself as that, you know, I mean, defenses have to account for him just a little bit. So Illinois will have to account for him. Uh, Russ is not going to beat Illinois. I'd be very surprised if they did. But, but uh, you know, I mean, there's there's that little thing. This this is a hard it's a hard deal for for that program. They they built themselves on on uh, defense and athleticism and aggression. And the two most, the two guys that most that were the hallmarks of that are hurt. So now they have to score points, and they're not really built to do that. And so they're going to have a hard time winning games because they don't, you know, they just aren't. They're really not built to score. And um, I think Griezel's got to do a lot more trying to score. Um, to be honest with you, I you're asking Derek Walker to be, you know, both the point forward and the low post scorer. It's a lot to ask him. At some point, you know, your your top guard got to shoot and, and, and try to make shots, even if it doesn't go well. Um, and, and I think that's probably where they're at right now. Sam, uh, it's it's an interesting state of affairs. We got talking about 75 other things last week. Weird, right, me and you? But 
You had a good, mm-hmm. you had a sneaky good. It kind of flew under the radar with the President's Cup and the state of Nebraska's athletics. And I know sometimes it gets an eye roll, and you know whatever, and it rehashes, you know, burn and all these other different regimes. But let me ask you something, Coach Williams' team. I mean, decimated by injuries. Coach Hoiberg's team, decimated by injuries. Wrestling. Uh, still top 10 in duels, track and field. Listen, it, it, it's a little bit of a transition. Uh, football right. is what it is. Iffy. How realistic is it in 2023 to have that trophy in the points really reflect the job that you think administration is doing in their athletic department? Well, um, yeah, the chances of Nebraska ever winning that thing are, are almost zero uh, because they don't have enough sports. Texas has won it the last two years, and prior to that, I think it was UCLA or Stanford. So that shows you something about who wins those things. Um, <laughs> but Trev Alberts has a, has a bonus structure tied to the Athletic Director's Cup, and the bonus starts to kick in when you hit the top 30. So obviously, Nebraska believes that it can hit the top 30. Um, so that's kind of the that's kind of the uh, you know the, the the measurement point is top twenty five, top thirty. I think the last time they hit the top twenty five, top thirty was uh, 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. Um, they they I think they were twenty third or something like that. So yeah, I think they can make the top thirty, and there's a bonus structure tied to that. So if they're willing to put it in a contract, then I think we're we need to pay attention to it at least to that degree, which is why we do it, and we'll do it anyway because. You know, it, it is a it is a measurement of overall athletic department strength. Nebraska has is well funded in a number of sports, um, desires to be really competitive in a number of sports. Um, I think it's hard in tennis and golf, although tennis has good facilities. I think it's challenging, and so I'm a little bit more lenient. And and they're starting new, basically. Yeah, and and then the rifle thing that you know is what it is. Um, but you know, the tennis and golf are the two that I think are hard because you know you're in Nebraska, and it, it even though there's incredible golf courses in the state, uh, it's hard for kids. I think great golfers to necessarily want to come here, especially if they don't have a practice facility. But the majority of the sports, I, I mean, you know, they have good recruiting budgets. They they desire to win. Um, and and they're not going out there to uh, just to feel the team, and so you pay attention to that stuff. Um, there's probably like a cohort of ten sports that I you know I pay the closest attention to: football, volleyball, both basketball, baseball, softball, wrestling, soccer, the two track teams. Probably base that that you know, and then I you know bowling I guess and bowling scores a lot of points for them, but there's only like fifteen schools doing it. Um, so, you know, those are the ones I pay the closest attention to. And, and, you know, some of those teams haven't had very good years in the last three to five years. And, and I think Trev Alberts wants the athletic department to be good. So I do think that stuff matters. Uh, Nebraska had its lowest finish ever last year. Uh, I think they, they may have their lowest finish again this year. And that, that points to an athletic department, both in transition, but also not maximizing the resources um, that it's been given, and and trying. And so I think part of Trev's job is figuring out how to maximize that. And the baseball team will be a team worth watching um, because you know again, 
they have the wherewithal to switch out their roster to a significant degree. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that not every big not every Big Ten team has that luxury. So if you if you give the coach the luxury of of like flushing half the team and adding a whole brand new group of teams, which is all kinds of onboarding for academics and all kinds of stuff, then you know, let's see where the let's see where the production goes. We're speaking with Sam McEwen, sports editor and uh, Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra. Toss him a follow on Twitter, at SWMcEwen, O-W-H. Sam, you talked about sports that you pay attention to and um, the ones that have had success, um, one of them being Nebraska wrestling and uh, the work that they've been doing not only this year but just, but just you know – in years past, and that I think all comes back to it's to the athletes, of course, but Mark Manning has a very big impact on that program. He got to 300 against Wisconsin. Uh, without him, do you think Nebraska is in the same position as they are today? And his and his um, his, his critics are tough, like. He's like yeah. a victim yeah. of his own barometer. Correct. It's almost like people don't realize what conference they wrestle in. I'm like, what are we talking about here yeah. these last four or five years? It drives me bonkers. Yeah, so, you know, they probably have the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten every year. And, and you know, Penn State and Iowa have established themselves. And are, they're, they're going to be hard to, to displace yeah. Yeah. from that, from where they're at. Um, and there's reasons for that. We don't. It's it's a little different in wrestling. How how you get for good recruits and and who's training at your at your school? Penn State obviously has its own training center. Uh, I you know I think uh, Burroughs moved out that way. Um, it's it's hard. It's, it's so yeah. The, he's doing an incredible job. They've always been great in the middleweights. They recruit some of the best uh, you know middleweight wrestlers in the world. <laughs> um, you know, he, uh, Manning certainly got things changed when, you know, they were good, but I think things got even better when Jordan Burroughs got there. Jordan Burroughs comes there because of a guy named Vince Jones, who was another wrestler from out that way in New Jersey. And then Burroughs comes because of Jones. Uh, and then they've gotten great wrestlers all, all over the place since. Uh, so, you know, they're a top 10 team. They, they, they beat pretty handily all the teams that, that aren't named Iowa and Penn State. It's hard to beat Iowa and Penn State. You know that's just that's just the deal. So uh, he's doing a great job, and and I think he's been a good leader in the athletic department. People forget, uh, or a lot of people just don't know that he <laughs> took over an athletic department. He took over a program that was that fired, basically fired the coach. I don't know. Maybe I can't remember if Tim Newman resigned or not. But yeah. but uh, you know, it was an NCAA violation deal. Right? Yeah, like yeah, was, yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I, and I, Tim's a great guy too. So Egg, yeah. what he was trying to do, yeah, Tim, Tim, Tim's a great guy. What he was trying to do would be legal today under NIL. So we, you know, we don't need to go down that road. But the point is that Mark Manning took that over, and it wasn't easy uh, right away. And so he's built it, and he's a steady force. And um, sure, hope Matt Rule gets over to chat with him. Matt, Mark, Mark likes football, and so yeah, I, I probably talk to Manning like once a year. Uh, used to talk to Pepin about once a year, maybe twice a year. It's always good to check in with, with the old school coaches who have been around a long time and had a lot of success because they have insights that, that maybe some of the newer folks around don't have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Manning's doing a great job. He just won his 300 yesterday, so congrats to him. 
Sam, who else pulls this off with all that's going on and the goodwill that they're building for Matt Rule to get Gregory back in the building, <laughs> come yeah. out with a video of all the guys that <laughs> this could have happened yeah. around. They get RG44 with all that. I mean, is there anything more coach rule than embracing the underdog fresh off the overturned suspension? The like, yeah, is, is that is there anything more rule like than running to seeming fires and putting them out? Yeah, I, I'll. I'll Hopefully we get to that question on Wednesday. He's going to talk on signing day. And I would be curious to know what 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 uh, led to Randy coming back. And, you know, I mean. It is so uh, rural. people who cover this. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's just, I, I laugh. I, I saw the video yeah, and, I, yeah. and I chuckle. I'm like, that is so coach rule. It's not even funny. Yeah, I mean, Randy is, uh, you know, for people who have covered the program, I think there's not that many people that know, but Randy's a, for all the things that he's been through and put himself through, I mean, it's, some of this on him uh, is, is a smart, uh, thoughtful, uh, dynamic guy who was was really fun to cover, um, great player, but, but sharp, um, you know, probably a value and asset to talking to some guys that might be there now. Uh, he certainly understands the pro game in a unique way. Uh, so, you know, it was good. It's good to have him back. I'd be curious to know how it all came together. And yeah. like, um, you know, and that's a credit to Randy too. Now, when he left, he was pissed um, that oh, Bo got yeah. fired. Now, yep. Yep. You know, there was a lot going on in his life at that time. So, um, you know, I don't know that he left with like uh, deep antipathy. Nebraska's always stood behind him. Um, and so like, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't, it wasn't like, um, you know, the, the deal with Sue is he, he kind of got frozen out under, uh, I can't remember what it was, but people didn't treat Sue very well one time when he came back. And so he, I don't know that that ever happened to Randy. So I think he, you know, it's good to see him back. I don't, I think that things were pretty good between him and Nebraska. Um, but it's still, it was kind of cool to see. It was good to see, um, because Nebraska needs to hold on to its NFL kids, you know, like NFL guys. They have to, they have to, own, you know, be proud of that and be excited for it. Um, and uh, there'll be a couple, uh, there'll be a couple in the Super Bowl. You know, Boodle on the the Chiefs side. I don't know if he's activated, but Sue and Stoll on the Eagles side. That's uh, and and Jurgen. Jurgen says play, but but Sue and Stoll. That's that's pretty cool. So um, they got to. They don't have enough NFL guys. They got to get more of them. But the ones they do have, they have to try to support and, and grow bridges too. Sam, speaking of Matt Rule and uh, an article that you wrote actually yesterday, which was a great piece. If you want to check it out, go to the Omaha World Herald, and uh, that's Omaha.com to sign up. You can read Sam's piece. Sam, you talked about kind of like the coaching tree and how it, it, it started, you know, with Solich and then it went all the way down to Matt Rule, but how when every coach took over, they were kind of a product of the other success. But when you look at Matt Rule – 
um, you could say that, you know, there isn't a lot of success looming. Um, what are the expectations for Matt Rule compared to recent head coaches? Do you think they're greater because of what he's been doing in the offseason versus, um, say, when, when Frost took over and he was kind of in a different place because he was looked at as the savior coming off of Riley, but, you know, mm. following Pelini and following Solich and things like that. When you, when you talk about looming success and that not being there with Rule, what would you say the expectations are? It's interesting. So I think so much of the expectations that have been built in, um, you know, have, have been related to who's got the job and whether that person is tied to Tom Osborne. So when Frank Solich got the job, obviously he was supposed to be good because he was selected by Tom and there was expectations and they were disappointing in 98 and so on and so forth. When Callahan took the job, they just fired Frank. So if you're going to fire a nine-win coach, you better come in and win nine yourself. And if you don't win nine yourself, well, then, you know, you weren't as good as the guy that was just there. And we never, you know, there's, there's a group of people that's like, you never should have fired Frank and so on and so forth. So then Bo comes in and it's like, well, Tom hired him. So he gets more leeway because Callahan was the villain. And then Bo won right away. When Riley comes in, you know, Sean Eichhorst is the villain. Riley needs to win right away. You fired a nine-win coach. You can't do that. That's not okay. So, you know, there, there's this pendulum back and forth. And then Scott comes in, and I think Scott was a little trickier. Um, I do think that Scott had what was considered to be a long runway, but in reality was shorter than we appreciated. One of those things is because his boss went out and, you know, rambled about how they were going to beat Michigan and Ohio State. But the other part is I think really people really did think that, and this was not necessarily fair to Scott, that he was going to come in and, like, become the savior. And the oh, expectations yeah. that were placed on Scott were like, you are like Osborne Jr., and that's not fair. So Rule comes in, and I think finally now Nebraska fans are like, we don't know, we don't, we don't, we obviously, they don't know what how to win it with Scott. And Riley didn't get it done. And Bo won, but he was, but he, but he burned himself alive trying to win. Callahan wasn't the answer. So now I think Rule has a chance to actually just write the script himself in a way that no coach has had since Bob Devaney. So then Rule comes out last week and says that, well, I don't want this to be a slow burn because I think last year was that for them. And, and people are going to use that. They're just mm -hmm. going to be like, well, you said it wasn't going to take very long and you only won four games. And there's still people – Within, you know, the whatever, the, not the, the decision-making structure, but in, within the influence structure, they're still mad that Frank got let go. And I don't, like, or, or still mad that, you know, Bill Byrne was the AD 35 years ago. And so, like, until that, you can't. There are. I mean, it's like uh, you know what's funny? And we, we've only got 90 seconds here, Sam. But you know what's funny? I love the fact that Coach Rule has buoyed the getting out to small towns and being everywhere and working his ass off versus the same guy that said, you were 4-8, and eight, please don't tell me who to hire and who not to hire. And why are you worried about what I'm doing? I've done this before. So I think he's done a very – has quiet – subconsciously, he's crept into – you know what? I got this. Relax versus, hey, I'm all in and I'm listening, but not too right. much. Right? Like, his ba I'm telling you, he's, he knows what the heck he's doing. 
Yeah, I agree. I think he's done a very good job. I and I think he's impressed Osborne, and that's helpful. I, I know it should. I mean, that's that's helpful. <laughs> that's that funny. We're texting that as that. we speak. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, what do you text? Oh, I was just talking. I was just never mind. It's a side note with Coach Osborne. Never mind. I. That's just funny. You said that, Sam. You know what the heck you're talking about, too, man. That's for sure. Okay, Sam. We appreciate it, man. For for sure. Appreciate you, Sam. We'll talk again next week. That's a smart dude. Very smart. Uh, (laughs) Sam McEwen again, sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra. Um, We're going to continue talking Husker football next. The dead period begins this week and how the work doesn't stop.